Hey, welcome to Sunday Afternoon Mama, a podcast designed to help you learn to create a calm and joyful atmosphere in your home. I'm your host, Hannah Riddle, a wife, mom, and former teacher living in the Pacific Northwest. I certainly don't have everything figured out, but I hope to encourage and inspire you to be the best mama you can be. Are you ready to jump in? Today, we're privileged to talk with my friend and guest, Ruth Wood, who is a licensed professional counselor. In this episode, we'll hear how to anticipate but not worry about stressful holiday events, we'll find ways to fine-tune our listening skills, and you'll find out why Ruth loves pie cherries. This is episode 59. Here we go. Well, thank you, Ruth, so much for being with me today, and thank you, listeners, for tuning in this week. It's great to be here. Yay. So I thought it'd be fun before we dive into our topic and hear more about your life and who you are, if you could share a recent little mini adventure or an outing you've done with your husband. Well, we went on a swimming date and to our surprise, almost no one was there and we got the entire pool to ourselves. So that was a lot of fun. That's awesome. I love that. My husband and I do a lot of car dates right now where we get drive through coffee and chat in the middle of his work. Yeah, because we've got small kids and just date nights are not always happen just don't always happen yeah (laughs) that's great so before we get into the topic I thought it would be awesome if you could share just a little bit about your background like who you are and what you're passionate about how you came to be a counselor how many years you've done that and just I don't know more details about your own family and what's brought you to where you are now well I loved being a mom and making a home for my family And Christmas was always my favorite holiday, and I tried to make it magical. I think it's really hard to believe sometimes that my two boys are grown and in their early 30s. Mm. Yeah, and the oldest is married. The youngest is working on it. (laughs) (laughs) No grandchildren, though, and I have to keep praying about that. (laughs) And um, I homeschooled for about five years. Mm -hmm. I also taught piano for a long time, but once the boys left home, I began seeking God for new direction in my life. My husband was semi-retired, but I had been a stay-at-home mom all these years, and I really wanted to interact with the outside world again. Oh, yeah. Tell me more about that. Like, what did you what did you end up doing? Well, I was in my early 50s when I went back to school, so things had really changed by then. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Especially with technology and submitting homework online. But, you know, I really loved the challenge. And returning back to school, though, took an act of faith because the economy had tanked. Mm. I wondered if I would even be finding work in my chosen profession once I graduated or were we even throwing money away. Mm -hmm. But with my husband's blessing, I was convinced the Lord had called me and just kept at it. In 2014, I graduated with a master's in clinical mental health counseling. And wouldn't you know it, just about then, Obamacare came on the scene. Oh, wow. And they needed a lot more therapists. So that's amazing. Yeah, it was really, it was a blessing. The nonprofit agency where I did my internship was able to hire me immediately. And that was really a blessing from God. That's awesome. You also ask what I'm passionate about. Mm -hmm. I love to write. Mm -hmm. It's just a great way to encourage people in the Lord. And I've been blogging for 12 years now and have just switched to a new blog. Okay. Espressoforthehart.org. And it features devotionals articles and humor. I love your website. I ever since meeting you, once you told me about it, I went and looked and read things. I just really love your heart behind sharing with sharing all that with the world. It's so good. It's so people need so much encouragement these days. There's just a lot of 
a lot of negativity, a lot of discouraging news. And so to have a place like this on the internet that people can come to be encouraged, I think is really powerful. So today we're going to talk about how to stay calm and love our family, especially during holiday seasons and stressful seasons of life, because they come every year. I mean, we know that Christmas comes every year, and that yet sometimes I find myself shocked that like I'm stressing out about Christmas. <laughs> like I knew this yeah. was coming for the yeah. last 11 months, but you know, family dynamics and there's just a lot that can happen. You know, no matter how great your family is, like I have a great family. Jonathan's family is great mm-hmm. too. So, but it just you know, you, it's good to be a proactive not reactive mama. And I think so talking about this can be helpful. And I think it's going to be good because we're going to talk about research and ideas that are most helpful when it comes Mm -hmm. to staying calm. So I loved my school counseling. When you said counseling, I mean, I loved all those counseling courses I did for school counseling, which very much overlapped with the professional counseling track. Mm -hmm. And much of what I learned has stuck with me over the years and helped me immensely in times of stress or strain, especially around family or extended family. Good. So let's start by breaking down some common strategies for for us in dealing with stressful situations. These are compiled from our life experience, studies, and learnings over the years. So there was this fantastic article I read from Real Simple, and it provided some clarity. And this is kind of what they suggested. This is our first first thing to kind of tackle here. Anticipate stressful events and think through what might happen while you are there. Again, being proactive, (laughs) practice Mm -hmm. your responses. Real simple, put it this way, before a stressful event, stage a mental dress rehearsal. And they talk about like even thinking through what if so-and-so says something, what am I going to do? You know, and it sounds goofy to really like take the time to do that. Like, are you really, you know, I don't know about that, but it's powerful because I've done that and I've, it's always turned out so much better that way because I've mentally prepared and emotionally prepared just more thoroughly for that holiday mm-hmm. party or the event where I know I'm going to see 20 people <laughs> that, you know. So right. anyways, what, oh, what yeah. do you think? Yeah, I really believe this idea of preparation is key. You need to get on the same page with your husband to problem solve ahead of time. But most importantly, I found that I need to prepare my own heart to work on my own attitude. We tend to be more vulnerable during the holidays because yeah. of the heightened stress conflicting expectations and challenging family dynamics. So I tend to pray a lot in the weeks before family get togethers. Oh, yeah, that's so good. So let's say you have a get together coming up. There will be lots of family, including one member who was estranged, but is now slowly reentering the family. Some are happy about this, some are not, and you're not sure what to think. How do you approach this party? Run through some conversations or sticky spots you might find yourself in and figure out a way to graciously speak or gracefully decline to speak. (laughs) What do you think? Yeah, that can be challenging. So Hannah, it's hard to say without knowing details, but we must first be clear about forgiveness, what it is and what it isn't. Mm -hmm. Forgiveness is a choice to let go of the debt owed me. And that just does not automatically mean reconciliation. Mm, Yeah. Reconciliation cannot occur without the offending party's repentance. Forgiveness, though, is not dependent on anyone's actions because it's my decision. It's a choice, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, with your estranged family member, you might first ask yourself if you've begun the process of forgiving If we have these toxins of resentment and bitterness cleared from our heart, well, they'll also 
clear from our mind. Mm -hmm. And then you can ask yourself, what kind of boundaries, if any, do you need personally as you're reconnecting? And they may be different from someone else's in the family. And that is totally okay. Yeah, that's so good. I just think a lot of us face that particular scenario where Mm -hmm. there's someone in the family, it's going to be things are slowly mending, but you're still in that kind of gray area of trying to figure out how to move forward without Mm -hmm. ignoring the past. And not like you can't pretend things didn't happen, but then also you want to give forgiveness, like you said. So I feel like that's that's so good. Really good balance. Okay. Here's another common strategy and how to just stay calm Mm -hmm. (laughs) throughout these stressful situations. Learn to prioritize needs and distinguish between real versus imagined emergencies. So let me break this down. Mm -hmm. So again, from that real simple article, this was so good. Someone was an air traffic controller and they interviewed them for this for this article. And they said, I've had a number of unexpected things happen from a bomb threat to a helicopter pilot telling me he had lost his engine, needed to land right away. Hmm. I always remember what a veteran controller once told me. It's always going to get crazy. Just don't get flustered by it. Prioritize as you go. And that way you'll get through the decision making process. It's crucial to discern between a real emergency and something that can wait. Mm -hmm. For example, a departing flight that cannot get its gear to retract is less critical than an aircraft with smoke in the cockpit. (laughs) For me, he says, safety trumps efficiency every time. And I just love that. So Ruth, what have you seen and experienced when it comes to discerning between a real emergency or something that can wait, especially during a busy season like the holidays? Well, we certainly live under the tyranny of the urgent, don't we? Mm -hmm. As a rule, however, I'd say make relationships, not things or your schedule, your priority and look for ways that you can Uh, build some quiet time together, look for time in your schedule. Things you can ask yourself is, what activities could I drop from my schedule? (laughs) Yes. So one year, my husband and I, we had moved right before Christmas. Bad timing. That's stressful. (laughs) (laughs) So I went minimalist. Instead of putting up the tree, I used a tabletop wreath and we put the presents around that, which was crazy. I baked very little and I kept everything simple. And I have to say it was the best Christmas present to myself to reduce the stress like that. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, I think a lot of times we get so rush, rush, rush and jamming Mm -hmm. things in and thinking something's an emergency. Like if I don't make these particular Christmas cookies this way every year and we do this thing every time and like if there's so much pressure that it ceases to be fun and ceases to be joyful, then we can, you know, reevaluate maybe in the current season you're in, you need to tweak some things so that you aren't creating what you think are these minor emergencies when they really don't they aren't and they don't need to feel like that. Mm-hmm. I think it's so true that people define emergency very differently. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure we could all think of peop- people in our lives that we know that demand a lot of our time. They want to be at our beck and call, but you and I are the only ones who can say yes or no. And sometimes we have to discern, no, this is not a true emergency and it doesn't need my energy and emotions to get all wrapped up in it. Other types of people will cry wolf a lot. They imagine the worst and they tend to rile everyone else up, like getting everybody just, ah. <laughs> the common things I've seen people get really 
flustered or upset and kind of riled up about our weather or health or relationships or the news and politics. So it's like, let's just say one of your uncles is supposed to fly in from New York mm-hmm. and then, oh no, what about the weather? And what about this? And <laughs> I don't know. What if cousin so-and-so's health is going to fail right before Christmas? Like if you right. focus on the negative or what could go wrong, that's another thing people get into trouble with, I think. Mm-hmm. And the fact is none of us, I mean, no matter how much we want to, can predict or know exactly what the future holds. So while it's good to be proactive and anticipate stressful scenarios and practice your response, it does no good for us to give in to fear and worry, which typically creates a lot of anxiety. And then there's no point in talking with the stressed or worried family member who brings you down constantly with the what ifs and the That's right. kind of scaring you a lot. <laughs> I find this hard sometimes. How do we learn that wisdom and discernment about how to handle stressful situations that some of our family members or friends might label an emergency or get really upset about how do we lovingly communicate support yet not engage with that fearful anxiety producing conversation Mm, that is difficult hannah it's hard to set appropriate boundaries with family members for folks who only seem focused on the negative it can be really helpful to validate feelings Mm. before attempting to redirect the conversation for example you might say i know grandma it's scary living in a world that is changing so much with so many scary things happening i guess this just means we need to trust the lord more don't we Mm. And that's assuming grandma is a Christian. (laughs) If not, this might be a great place to witness about the hope that you have in the Lord. Mm -hmm. Also, you might ask grandma what helps her most in combating her fears. That's good. Another thing that you might do is use distraction. Mm -hmm. Be armed beforehand with a positive topic that the person might want to talk about. For example, with grandma, you might say, you're so right that things are troubling in the world, but do you mind if we switch gears for a minute? I was wondering if you could tell me um, how to make your famous blackberry pie, oh, for example. Yeah. Or you might ask, how was your bowling night? Or tell me about your favorite memory as a child growing up. Again, having positive topics in mind before engaging the person can really help. That's so good. I love that. I'm actually going to really tuck that away in my heart right now because (laughs) heading into, you know, the holidays and we're already kind of in them. It's just so Mm -hmm. good to remember that perspective because our emotions can get so stirred up. It's good to remember to quiet our hearts and and think this through and care for the the people that Mm -hmm. we love in a really thoughtful way. But not react. Right. That's which is hard. my big thing. My really big weakness. <laughs> I thought it would be helpful if we talked a little bit through some of your wise advice about how to listen better to others, because I feel like that is perfectly applicable to what we're talking about as far as heading into any kind of stressful family scenario or just the holidays in general. I heard you share this at a women's event and it was so wonderful. So that is our last main tip for handling stressful situations, especially around family and holidays and work. So could you share that wonderful advice about listening better? I think there is nothing that we want more during the holidays than love and connection. Mm -hmm. That is what Christmas represents, but often we struggle in our relationships. Learning to listen from a loving heart can help. So uh, 1 Corinthians 13 can teach us a lot about listening well. This is how I break it down. Mm -hmm. First, love is patient. That means I put up with annoyances and I take the time to listen. Mm -hmm. Love is kind. That means I convey a non-judgmental, accepting, open attitude and my body language shows that I care. Mm. Love does not envy. 
It does not boast. It is not proud. Love is humble, right? It validates. It refrains from bragging or engaging in one-upmanship. Then love does not dishonor others. That means that I listen respectfully, treat others as equals. Mm -hmm. I don't interrupt, demean, ridicule, criticize, dismiss, or minimize. Hard to do when we're talking politics, maybe, (laughs) right? (laughs) Then love is not self-seeking. It's other-focused, curious, does not dominate conversations. You know, so easy to not be aware and just keep rambling, right? Yes. But to be aware of other people's need to say something once in a (laughs) while, especially if you're a talker like me, (laughs) then love is not easily angered and keeps no record of wrongs. That means love is forgiving. When I'm listening, I am listening with a forgiving attitude. It means I am slow to take things personally or to take offense. And then love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. That means I know the difference between discernment and judgmentalism, that I challenge falsehoods and champion the truth. And then the next one is always protects. Love Mm. always protects. That means I'm keeping confidences. It means I have good boundaries and conversations because I'm thinking about what's good for you and for me, but I'm protecting the relationship. Yeah. Love always trusts. It trusts that the Holy Spirit's work and the speaker is going to accomplish what is desired and what is needed in that person. And I don't have to fix, correct, or instruct, which is a great thing. Yeah. A lot of pressure off of me. Mm-hmm. And then love always hopes. That means I'm staying positive in the conversation. I'm encouraging with a godly perspective. And finally, love always perseveres. That means hearing someone out to the end. Mm. It means exercising self-control in difficult conversations. That is persevering. Mm. That is hard sometimes, especially when you have people that are are difficult to talk with for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And of course, love never fails because if we are, if we're looking at this passage to teach us how to listen, we're going to learn so much and it's going to help us so much in in our conversations over the holidays. And I really believe that love never fails in that way when we're when we're trusting the Lord in the middle of our trying to be a caring listener. Now, I summarize that whole passage like this. A woman who listens from a loving heart is patient. She is kind, open, accepting, non-judgmental. She does not envy, does not brag, but is humble. She is respectful of people's thoughts, feelings, and opinions, is other-focused, does not dominate, is forgiving and not easily offended or angered. She will not remain silent when confronted with evil, but champions Mm. the truth. She always protects by keeping confidences and maintaining boundaries. Always trusts the Holy Spirit at work in others. Always encourages hope in God. Always perseveres in difficult conversations. In all interactions, she is confident that ultimately love never fails. This material from 1 Corinthians 13 comes from a post at Espresso for the Heart. So anyone who would like a copy can go to EspressoForTheHeart.org and look for the article titled, Listening Well is Loving Well, and that's in the archives. 
That's perfect. I love that so much. So as we talk about listening, how does listening well, all these things you just said, how does listening well help us handle these stressful situations with friends or family, Mm -hmm. you know? Well, it reduces defensiveness, right? Yep. Because if another person really believes that you have listened Mm. and they feel heard, they don't feel such a need to demand that you understand them. Oh, that's so good. Because a lot of times that's what people are doing. They are trying so desperately to be heard, right? Yeah, no, that's really good. I think too, we've all done it, I'm sure, but we kind of half listen to others sometimes Mm -hmm. or we're just planning what we're going to say next. I'm great at doing that. (laughs) Or we listen but are not picking up on what's really going on, like someone's body language or a look, just even Mm -hmm. a look on their face or in their eyes if you really pay attention. This is kind of a it seems like a random example, but actually just last night with one of my daughters, um, she was having trouble going to bed mm-hmm. and I was just judging the situation and being like, mm-hmm. you need to listen, you need to be in bed. Ah, we've got this, you know, routine and you need to, I don't know. I was just focused on the responsibility I thought she right. had to get to bed. Well, I took a moment and I prayed because I felt like something was off and I was not hmm. picking up on what was really going on with her. And sure enough, I prayed in just a moment, just a quick moment. And it was like, she's scared. Just talk to her about why she's uh scared. And what happened was one of our neighbors had mentioned there was a prowler near his house. And so she had heard, she'd overheard that story Uh and it got her thinking and she's six, but she's like, okay, someone, is someone going to come break into our house? So she was, that was in the back of her mind. And here I was almost at the risk of being just too strict and being like, no, Mm -hmm. time to, time to go to bed. And as soon as I tuned into that and prayed, it was like I had that wisdom to back off and just approach her in a totally different way. So, right. of course, guess what I did? I felt very compelled to, like, get on her level. And I just mm-hmm. I laid down right beside her and I was like rubbing her back. And I'm Aww. like, let me help you fall asleep. Like, you're going to be OK. We're with you. Daddy's right there. Yeah. We're not going to let anything bad happen to you. And sure enough, she all her. I don't know. Her fear started to disappear. She wasn't so outbursting and crying you know Mm -hmm. throwing I thought it was a little fit but it wasn't a fit it was just I'm legitimately scared so I think that's it's not about the holidays but it's a perfect example of how if we take a moment and pick up on someone Mm -hmm. you know what's really going on not thinking of how I can be authoritative here right now and just make this happen like I kept thinking bedtime yeah (laughs) I was like no that was so good to just step back Mm -hmm. I was really grateful I did that but anyways just for all of us just not thinking with people how can I make myself right and and Mm -hmm. and how can I just move this conversation to where I want it to go if we listen like you said and love and validate others and respond wisely that makes such a difference and that'll Mm -hmm. heal a lot of brokenness that can be in relationships I think so yeah so let's review these tips again there's four main tips for you so the first one is to anticipate stressful events and think through what might happen while you are there that mental dress rehearsal the Mm -hmm. second tip was to learn to prioritize needs and distinguish between those real versus imagined emergencies Mm -hmm. And, and again watch out for the what ifs or the anxiety producing speculation that others can stir up in you. The third one is to step out of yourself and truly listen to what the other person is saying. Like I did with my daughter the other day, really look at all of what's going on, really pay attention and tune into what's happening so that you can respond better. And the last one was to become a better listener by preparing in prayer, validating the other person and learning not to take things personally. That's the one I'm going to really focus on (laughs) Uh throughout this holiday season. 
Okay, so we always kind of transition into some other little segments in the show. And so we're going to move on to our favorite things. And I would love to hear, Ruth, some of your current favorite things, anything from food to routines to movies to whatever it can be. Well, I love being out in God's beautiful creation. And this morning I got to do a wonderful hike and uh, I loved it. It was great. And um, I would say I love fuzzy blankets Mm -hmm. to wrap up in on a cold day. I love frozen pie cherries, which I briefly microwave and then eat like candy. I know it's weird and people think, ew, but I think yum. So I recommend you try it sometime. I will try it. Okay, good. Yeah, it's really great. It keeps you from eating candy, too. I mean, in my case, which is what I'm trying. And there's nothing better than spending quality time with a friend, my favorite thing, really. And that's why I like coffee shops so much and why I named my blog Espresso for the Heart. Love it. Well, our kids can be super funny. And so we always take a moment towards the end to highlight anything kind of random or silly or something that just helped us laugh when in the thick of motherhood that just our kids do. And we've called them bumblebee moments because my six-year-old for the longest time could not say the word bumblebee. So she said bumblebee. Oh, that's cute. (laughs) When she switched to saying it the correct way, I was actually a little sad. (laughs) (laughs) So if you have a moment to share, like a lot of you have, one of the easiest ways to do it is to direct message me on Facebook or Instagram. So Ruth, um, could you think of a fond memory from when your kids were little? Well, yes. I think of the time my car-loving four-year-old raced across the room and then proclaimed, Mom, I ran so fast, smoke came out of my bottom. (laughs) (laughs) It was so cute. That's awesome. Yeah, our little two-year-old's very into cars and trucks and trains right now. Mm -hmm. So he's all about Thomas. In fact, for Christmas, he might be getting something having to do with Thomas the Train. Oh, very (laughs) fun. And maybe a new bedspread or something. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Ruth, I just wanted to thank you again for being with me today. I I am so encouraged by our chat, and I know that others will be too. So thank you for being with me. Well, it's a privilege. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Sunday Afternoon Mama. Be sure to tune in next week. And please, if you enjoy this podcast, tell a friend or family member so they can check it out too. Good old fashioned word of mouth is one of the best ways to spread the news. Come visit sundayafternoonmama.com and follow me on Instagram and Facebook. I'll be back with you next week. In the meantime, I'm seeking joy and peace with you so that we can be better mamas together. Take a deep breath and smile. You've got this. Bye.